Amen. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing, and, and we're so glad to have our aunt and uncle, Brother Gary and Sister Julia Ranking from Indianapolis, Indiana. Let's give them a great big hand. Amen. And uh, we're just having a family reunion, and we're so thankful for that. We love uh, so much our family, and uh, thank God for that. And I thank God for the family of Jesus Christ. I thank God for each and every one that is here today, and, and we have had, uh, we have had, uh, there's some grief in, in the body uh, at the moment. Uh, we have several needs. We want to pray for the Wilkerson family at this time in the loss of Brother Wilkerson's sister, Shannon, and uh, we're upholding that family and love them very much and know that God will be with them in Jesus' name. And uh, we're praying for the Blanton family who tragically lost a niece and a cousin this week in a motorcycle accident and even this morning the Dussault family lost a uh, beloved nephew and uh, in an accident and so our prayers are with them today and that's the thing about the body of Christ you don't suffer alone you don't grieve alone you don't go through trials of life alone but we, we go through it together in the common bond of the love of God and so we encourage you to reach out to one another and love one another and, and, and demonstrate that beautiful grace that God demonstrates to us. Uh, I'm reading this morning uh, from the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 10. And we're going to begin reading at the first verse. 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 1. The word of the Lord comes to us from a very beautiful passage of scripture upon the completion of Solomon's temple Solomon's life was one that was well heralded throughout throughout the world at that time first Kings chapter 10 when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord hallelujah she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. I'm going to continue reading. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighteth in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do justice, judgment, and justice. 
I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on this subject. There is a half that can't be told. There is a half that can't be told. Can we lift our voices unto the Lord right now and ask for his blessing and his favor upon the remainder of this service today in the name of Jesus? Come on, lift your voices and pray unto the Lord right now. Lord, we call upon your mighty name and your mighty power. We ask for your blessing in this house, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would move upon this place. Cause us, I pray, O oh Lord, to sit together in heavenly places. In the name of Jesus, to hear your word, O oh God. Speak to the heart of your people, O oh Lord. Cause us, I pray, to receive what you have for us. Let there be an anointing in this house, O oh God, I pray. Let there be an anointing upon your word, O oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Reach out unto the Lord and ask for his blessing upon his word, O oh God. We thank you and we give you praise today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Why don't we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you today. You may be seated. King David, of course, was the famous king of, of Israel. And his works for God and on behalf of the people of God are well documented in the scriptures. And to this day, he is highly regarded as the great, the great king and, and this most notable king who, who truly was anointed of the Lord and stepped into this providential role of, of taking the, the kingship of Israel and expanding the kingdom and solidifying something that would be established uh, forever. And, and it was in his heart to build a temple for the Lord. David desired to build a temple for the Lord, and, and he had begun making plans to do so. He had developed a, a plan of, of, of action and had developed all sorts of resources to accommodate the building of the temple of the Lord, only to find out that he was not going to be able to do it. And the Lord said to him, David, I know that it is in your heart to build a temple for my glory but he said you're not going to be able to do it because he said you have literally you have blood on your hands he said you are a man of war and and that has been your lot in the kingdom you, you had the responsibility of protecting my people from the adversary from the enemies but he said who builds this temple will be not a man of war but a man of peace it's going to be your son his name is Solomon, and he's going to build a temple for my glory. And David understood it, accepted it, embraced it, and passed on to Solomon the plans for the temple of the Lord. He said, you've got a calling on your life, son, and I'm going to, I'm going to pass on to you everything that I did to make this calling a, a possibility, something that could come to pass in your life. And and so Solomon was the recipient of all that David had achieved in his life. 
And David spoke about this temple to Solomon. Even on his, on his bed of affliction that resulted in, in passing off the scene, he was very, very straightforward with Solomon concerning what God would have him do. He said to him, this building, this temple for the Lord is going to be exceeding, I love this term, exceeding magnificent. That just sounds nice. Exceeding magnificent. I've never heard anybody use that word. I've never used that word, but I think I'm going to start. How good, was, how, how, how good is that restaurant? Exceeding magnificent. Just a sound, good sounding word. And, and so what he meant was it is, it is just, I mean, you don't even have to explain that word. It just, you can tell what it means. It is magnificent, but even better than that. Magnificent. And it exceeds even that. It is, Solomon, I, what, what God wants you to do is going to be so above and so beyond and so spectacular and so grand. It's going, to, it's going to achieve the attention of the whole world. Everybody is going to be talking about what you are going to do. And it will not be for your glory. It will be for the glory of the Lord. It will not be for your name. It will be for the name of the Lord. And, and so this was what David passed on to Solomon. And Solomon set out to do everything that was placed into his hand and into his heart. And, and he did it. The Bible says that he did it. And he finished the work. And the, the work that he finished, I, 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 I would love to just take several minutes and explain all that he did. But, but there's no real way to, to perfectly describe this temple of Solomon. It was, he brought in the finest of cedar from Lebanon. And the, 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 the building was constructed without the sound of a hammer on the inside of the building. The stone was wrought and set into place, and then it was covered on the inside. Everything was covered with the most beautiful cedar wood that you could imagine. And, and the, the, inner, the inner court and the, the house of the Lord within the temple of the Lord was overlaid with gold. And the cherubims were massive carved cherubims carved out of olive wood and the olive wood was overlaid with gold and this was a magnificent a magnificent temple that the Lord had led Solomon to build and 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 it was the marble and the ivory and the gold and and it places the brass and the silver and the cedar and all of it was just absolutely phenomenal and it attracted the attention of the world and it wasn't just the building of the temple itself it was the way that he built it and the the wisdom that he that he employed in building it and calling specialists and experts into the picture and 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 engaging them to do what they were so capable of doing and he had he had uh, ships bringing in all sorts of resources and materials from other places and it was just it was just a phenomenal uh, display of of modern architecture in that time nothing had been seen like it before its time and and really after its time it was still a a, a thing of absolute grandeur and and beauty Solomon wasn't just known for his temple he was known for the wisdom that he had received from the Lord he received it in a dream he had he had dreamed a dream where that he was talking to the Lord and the Lord asked him 
what you would have me to give unto you. Solomon was praying to the Lord and said, I don't know even what I'm doing. I don't know how to go out or to come in among the people. Have you forgotten I'm King David's son? I'm 19 years old. How do you expect me to fill those shoes? You know, I don't know if Goliath came around the corner, what I do. And I'm David's son, and I'm the king of Israel. And so, Lord, I need you. And he began to tell God what he needed. And he said, I need an understanding heart. That young man had some wisdom just to know what to pray. Because God said, I, I, you know, Solomon, I'm going to give you an understanding heart because you could have asked for longevity, but you didn't. And you could have asked for riches, but you didn't. And you could have asked for fame, but you did not. He said, I'm going to give you the understanding heart. And he said, and I'm going to give you the stuff that you did not ask for. That was all in a dream that that occurred. And when Solomon woke up, that was a really good dream. And he, he wakes up to a, a challenge in his kingdom that needs immediate attention. There is a problem that has developed between two women. Each had a child. One child is dead. One child is alive. They're trying to determine who the rightful mother is. And Solomon has the, the unenviable task of discerning who is telling the truth. And then it, with an absolute divine stroke of genius, he says, I'm, we'll just divide the living baby between the two knowing that that would, that would spark something within the heart of the real mother. And the mother whose baby had already died and she was so grief-stricken that she, could not, she couldn't feel anything at the moment, she said, okay, that sounds like a good idea to me. But the real mother said, no, whatever you do, don't divide the baby. Solomon said, all right, we've found who the real mother is. Give the child unto her. For she is the mother thereof. And it was just the beginning of a lifetime of, of wisdom that he, would, that he would engage in. And his mind was so saturated with the understanding and the knowledge of God. He was anointed with wisdom from above. And this became famous. People knew Solomon was a wise king. His, the Bible says that his fame spread throughout the earth. And the beauty, the reports of the beauty of his temple, they spread throughout the earth. And what he had accomplished, the fame thereof, was reaching to, to all corners of the then known world. And there was a queen, a queen of Sheba. And she heard this wisdom of Solomon being talked about. And she heard about the, the spectacular nature of this temple that he had built. And the, she would later confess she didn't believe any of it. And so she decided, I'm going to prove him with hard questions. And she gathered together a caravan of, of camels and spices and, and, and came, the scripture says, from the uttermost parts of the earth. She came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And she came to him with her hard questions with her difficult conundrums, all of these various paradoxical circumstances that had plagued her mind and she laid them out before Solomon and Solomon conveyed to her everything that he knew. There was nothing that was hid from him that he did not convey to her. He was honest about what he knew. He answered all of her questions. He didn't run from any of them. He was honest about all of them. And the queen of Sheba 
is experiencing this interaction with Solomon and this wisdom that she had heard about but is now experiencing. And she looks around the temple that she had heard about, the gold and the ivory and the, and the, the, the splendor of this temple that was built unto the God of Israel. She had heard about it, but hearing about it is different than experiencing it. And she was, she was now experiencing what she had heard about. And she, she saw the happiness of his servants, the prosperity of his servants. See, the servants of kings didn't prosper. That's not how the king prospered. The servants did not prosper. But, but Solomon's servants prospered. He wasn't the only one prospering. He, he had policies in place that, that everybody was able to prosper. And she looked at this and saw the prosperity of his servants and, and the happiness of his servants and the splendor of the temple. And the Bible says it became so overwhelming that... That, that there was no spirit left in her. And that spirit, of course, is a reference to pneuma, where we get our word pneumonia, and it's, it's referring to breath. She said, there is no breath left in me. It took her breath away. And she's looking at all of this, and she makes this statement that, that has lived on in the lexicon of, of Christian uh, language. She said, she said, when I first heard about the splendor of the temple and the wisdom of Solomon, I, I believed it not. But now I know that everything I heard was true. And then she added this little, this little statement. She said, and the half was not told me. It's, a, it's an expression that lives on in the language of any believer who has ever met Jesus. Hallelujah. Who has ever sat down and talked to him one-on-one. -on -one. It lives on in the expressive terminology of any individual who has ever called on him. Hallelujah. As the wonderful, oh glory, and the counselor. I, I love Isaiah 9, 6. For it says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, comma, Counselor, comma, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. But I used to think it was calling him the Wonderful Counselor. It's not calling him the Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful is a category all its own. He is the wonderful, and he is the counselor. Hallelujah. Anybody who has met him as the wonderful, or as the counselor, or as the mighty God, or as the everlasting father, or as the prince of peace, can relate to what the queen of Sheba is saying when she said, I thought I'd heard everything. I didn't even know if I believed what I was hearing. But now that I'm here in his presence, hallelujah, I have found that the half has not been told. I remember, I remember when, when I went to Israel and, and was told I, all my life I'd heard, you got to go to Israel. There's nothing like it. You will never be the same. It'll change your life. It'll change your world. It'll rock your world. It'll, it'll turn you inside out. And I thought, I wish you'd stop telling me how great it is because now it could never live up to how you're describing it. I'm, gonna, I'm expecting to walk off on streets of gold 
And, and I thought it's just going to be a big disappointment because it could never live up to how people had explained it. it. It'll change your world. It'll be the best thing you ever did. You'll never want to come home. It'll be wonderful. It'll be magnificent, exceeding magnificent. And so I, I get off the plane. I don't even know what to expect. Just that I'll be probably let down. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. Nothing could have prepared me for what it was like to walk in the footsteps of my Savior. Hallelujah. Nothing could have prepared me for what it was like to look out upon the sea that he, that he walked upon. Nothing could have prepared me to see or feel what it felt like to stand on top of Mount Carmel where fire had fallen from heaven. Nothing could have prepared me. The half as great as it had been told, there was a half that could not be told. There are some things that cannot be expressed, explained, or articulated. They can only be experienced. Hallelujah. And, and, and we know that, that the Lord wants this, this, amazing, this amazing action of, of, of witnessing to occur. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and in Judea and under Samaria. And on the uttermost parts of the earth. I want, I want anybody and everybody to hear about the goodness of the Lord. And, and that is the lifeblood of the church. To let somebody know what Jesus has done for you. We must never shrink back from this responsibility responsibility to open up our mouth in a world that is filled with chaos downtrodden with despair in a world that is overrun with anxiety in a world that is rocked to and fro by every wind of false doctrine and heresy it must be that the church stands up and says but look what the Lord has done for me If you've got a testimony, you ought to let it out. You ought to let somebody know that Jesus is a Savior, that Jesus is a healer, that Jesus is a deliverer. Hallelujah. That's how, that's how the wisdom of Solomon spread, and that's how the wisdom of God spreads. It spreads by word of mouth, by those credible witnesses who say, I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. I was there when he forgave me, forgave me and saved my soul. I was there when he saved me and made me whole. He took away my heavy burdens and gave me peace within. We've got we to share it. Jesus said it this way. He said, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to everybody you can find. He said, as a matter of fact, this thing won't wrap up until this gospel of the kingdom is preached in every nation of the world. I'm not coming back until everybody, every nation of the world has been able to hear the gospel of Jesus. Jesus Christ it's that important to open up our mouths and declare the word of the Lord I don't know how to explain it but Jesus the, the apostle Paul said it this way he said that God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe he has chosen this word of mouth Somebody standing up somewhere, opening up their mouth and opening up their heart, getting into the mind of God and speaking the word of the Lord, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell it. 
hallelujah preacher like it is go tell it on the mountain and tell it in the valley low tell him that Jesus is alive and he's alive forevermore let the downtrodden know that he is the lifter of their head let them know that he'll bind up the brokenhearted that he'll set at liberty them that are bruised hallelujah this isn't a time to back down backslide turn around give up give out or give in this isn't a time to quit this isn't a time to become reprobate this isn't a time to follow some trail that leads to destruction this is a time to preach the gospel this is a time to declare the word Hallelujah. They will know that he's a savior because of our testimony. They will know that he is a deliverer because of our testimony. Go tell it. Tell it to them in a conversation. Tell it to them with a Bible study chart. Hallelujah. Tell it to them when you see them crying. Tell it to them when you see them grieving. Hallelujah. Take a moment. Bring them to this house and let me tell them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've got to use, use every opportunity. We've got to utilize every angle. Hallelujah. Every method. We've got to get on the internet and we've got to get on social media. And we've got to let everybody know Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You say, but you know what, preacher? We're living in 2018. People don't believe like they used to believe. Maybe that's true of some people. But if one person believes, all of it is worth it. If one person will be baptized in Jesus' name, all of it is worth it. If one person, hallelujah, will receive the Holy Ghost, every effort, every ounce of work is worth it. Hallelujah, tell somebody. He said, he said that there was a man who had a great supper and he had bid people to come only to find out that those who were bidden to the feast had other priorities above their friendship to this man who had the great supper. And they came up with every excuse in the book and they were like looking for excuses. Like they're going through alphabetical order. No, I used that one last time. And they get, no, no, I, I married a wife. I've got a new team of oxen. That's Scrabble night. Can't make it. I'm sorry. I mean, it was just one excuse after another. And it came back to the man who had, who had created the great supper and said, nobody wants to come to your supper. He said, oh, I'll find somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll find somebody. It doesn't have to be the ones that I thought were my friends. It doesn't have to be the ones that I thought were with me. Go into the highways and into the byways. And the first person you meet. Tell them I've got some food for them to eat. Look for the halt and look for the blind and look for the lame. I don't want you to spare anybody. You let the world know there is meat in the master's house. You let the world know there is goodness in the land of the living. You let the world know, hallelujah, that God is still on the throne. Tell it. Tell it. Open up your mouth and tell it. I thank God. 
I thank God for my father who, who brought preachers of the gospel into our world who declared the word of the Lord without fear and without favor. And he deliberately chose varying types of ministries. People that, that, that had a unique way of delivering the word of the Lord. I mean, there, there, some of them were just, it was just unique the way they did it. I think about, I think about Brother J.T. Pugh. Brother J.T. Pugh was half preacher, half prophet, half poet, half orator. I mean, he was just amazing. And he was so humble. And when he'd open up this book, he would, he, would just, he would just carve out the word of God and then share it in such a beautiful way. You would, you, would, you would come to the altar broken and weeping. And the word of God would minister to your spirit. I, I think about Brother Charles Mahaney, who was far different than Brother Pugh. Brother Charles Mahaney spent a lot of time in jail before he met the Lord. And he, he was hard-nosed, rough tough he he said he said you know he said I was so low down and dirty before I came to God he said I used to sell elevator tickets in one-story buildings he said I bounced so many checks they thought I was running a basketball team you you know brother Nick Mahaney his son and and and, and brother Nick Mahaney is like the polished version of brother Charles Mahaney this man was rough and tough, and, 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 but when he would open up his mouth and he would talk about the mercy of the Lord and the goodness of God and the glory of the King, hallelujah, it, it compelled you. You could relate with what the Queen of Sheba was saying when she said, I was just sitting all by myself, minding my own business, but the word kept coming to me. There's wisdom in Jerusalem. There's glory in Jerusalem. There's splendor in Jerusalem. And she said, I had to get up and find out what in the world is going on in Jerusalem. Brother Mike Anderson would come and, and Brother Mike Anderson would he, would, he would preach and he would prophesy and then he would sing and play music and when he would sing it was just like the chains of bondage would fall off of people and the liberty of God would come in on them. Brother Edwin Harper was a theologian and a scholar and a declarer of the word and, and, and these, these, these varying types of ministries influenced my life and, and there are so many more that I could, I could describe and, and so today I try to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and there's so much that I want to preach to people I, I, there's so much that I want to share about God and about his goodness and I, I want to tell you today about his mercy I want to tell you that he'll love you to the very last drop I want to let you know that he'll love you to the very ends of the earth he loves you with an everlasting love I wish I could describe it like, like it really is I try to do it I try to talk about there is no pit so low that the love of God can't reach down into that pit and he can pull you up. I even try to describe them, describe the muck and the mire and the filth and the, and, the, and the degradation that he can pull you up out of. But I have learned in my ministry that, that I can describe it as good as I can and I can give it as many adjectives and as many verbs and, and I can throw together as many constructions of grammar but, but at the end of the day there is always this other half that I could never describe that I could never tell that no tongue can tell you can't hear it you have to experience it uh, uh, 
I promise you that I'm going to do the best I can for the rest of my life in Jesus' name to tell you the goodness of God and the good news of God. I want to talk to you about him being a lamb. I want to talk to you about him being the perfect sacrifice. I want to talk to you about the power of prayer and describe to you what happens when you lock yourself away for hours at a time in a prayer closet where it's just you and God and your problems and the power that will come upon you and the glory that will come upon you and the wisdom that will get a hold of you. I will try, but I can only bring half of it to you. There is another half that I'll never be able to explain. There is a half that can't be told. The songwriter said, I have found his grace is all complete. He supplies my every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free. Yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable. And it is full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. And then he, he tries again. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. He, he tries again. I have found that hope so bright, so clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the pre Savior's presence is so, it's so near. I can, I can see his smiling face. And then he realizes he still hasn't done it justice. It is joy unspeakable. It is full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I've, 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 I've seen, I've seen preachers use props in an effort just to help somebody understand. Some great preaching, some great demonstrations and illustrations. And, and yet it still just falls so short of ever truly describing the glory and the power of God. I, I wish that I could tell you in, in perfect detail. I really do. I wish I could tell you in perfect detail about the judgment of God. I really do. It's in my heart. I I'm not, I don't want to scare people. It's not a fear tactic. I just, I want you to, I want you to know that hellfire is a real thing. But I can only tell part of it. There's another half of that that you won't ever understand until you're there. I want to tell you that the judgment and the indignation and the wrath of God, it, it is real, ladies and gentlemen. It's not, it's not a fear tactic of preachers. It's a real thing. And we'll pound this desk until somebody believes. And we'll pray and weep until somebody hears it. But, but even our best efforts and our greatest orators can only paint part of the picture. There is always another half that cannot be told. It can only be experienced. 
and it takes anything you've ever heard and anything you've ever received and it, and, it, and it causes it to surge to the maximum impact exceeding magnifical to anything you've ever understood it is beyond description it is unspeakable as great a job as John the revelator did to describe the new Jerusalem hallelujah gates he said that, that each gate was a pearl each one of them and the walls were jasper stone the, the whole wall was jasper stone and it wasn't like the jasper stone you and I understand it was clear it was I don't I, I'm searching for a way to describe this and he's pinning words trying to help us understand but as beautiful and as eloquent and as anointed as John was the half has never yet been told If you think I'm going to stop preaching Acts 2.38, you lost your mind. It is the unalterable answer to the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? And it doesn't matter who's asking that question or what sin they've been involved in or what problem they faced or what bondage they're encumbered by or what kind of difficulty their family is facing. The question is, what shall we do? The answer is always the same. Repent. Oh, hallelujah. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I, I, I want to preach repentance I, I really do it's in my heart to preach repentance I wish I could describe what it feels like when you come down to an old fashioned altar and you lay your guilty head down in that altar and you know you're condemned and you know you've sinned and you know you're on your way to hell but you cry unto the Lord and he hears your heart's cry and the mercy of God begins to come down from heaven oh I wish I could describe it I wish I could explain it I really do it's in my heart to tell you it's 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 like nothing else you can imagine the weight that lifts off your shoulders the weight I, is that the right word I, what else can I say it's how many? Two tons, three tons, five, ten, twenty tons, a thousand tons lifts off your shoulders. Yeah, I can't. I'm not doing it justice because you'll never know what I mean until you do it, until you come from the uttermost parts of the earth. And you should come from wherever you are, wherever you're stationed, whatever you're facing and whatever you've done and whatever you've dealt with. And it doesn't matter how bad you think you are or how bad people have told you that you are. You can come from the uttermost. You can come from the guttermost. You can come from the most painful, hallelujah, and terrible circumstances. Just, I, I know it doesn't look like much. And you may not even believe what I'm saying. Or try it. Brother, 
Brother Cliff Readout, superintendent of Connecticut. He was the superintendent of the state of Connecticut in the United Pentecostal Church. But before that ever happened, he was a warlock, a male witch. He was at Indiana University. Some members of the Calvary Tabernacle Campus Ministry, Brother Enos was part of that, heading that up. They went down to the Indiana University and they ran into this quite intimidating character. I'm telling you what Brother Readout shared. He was a warlock, a male witch. He practiced mind control. He would use witchcraft to, to manipulate people's minds and get them to do what he wanted them to do. It was a, a, a deep, sinister practice of witchcraft. And these young preachers tied into him and said, Jesus is the way truth and the life no man comes to the father but by him well, what about this power that I have that power is of the devil he said you need to come to Calvary Tabernacle and hear our pastor preach who happened to be my grandfather he said alright I'll do it he said but this preacher you're talking about he said you wait till I get there he said I've made speakers stumble and bumble Many times. It's quite easy, so this will be fun for me. They said, we'll see about that. You just come on in. We'll see about that. He walks into Calvary Tabernacle, and he, he, he goes to work. Grandpa gets up to preach, and he settles in to his mode, and he begins to try to exercise this spiritual witchcraft. And all of a sudden, he said a, a, a wall went up between him and my grandfather and he it, it just went up and he kind of sat back and, and thought I don't know I've never had that happen before so he went he tried to kind of exercise some manipulation and mind control and, and the wall would not it was, un, it was un, impenetrable he looked around the church to look at different of the people that were there and the wall was going up around oh, everywhere he looked the wall would go up he couldn't do to them what he could do to other people so he walked out of the church, and he, thought, he was shaken. He thought, I, I, something's wrong. Have I lost my abilities? And a man came walking down the, the street, and he looked at the man, and he willed him to fall and stumble, and the man fell and stumbled on the ground. And Brother Readout thought, well, I haven't lost my power, but whatever's in that building is of a greater force than what I have He went back into the building and Grandpa finished preaching. He went to my grandfather and he said, Reverend Urshan, I, I want to talk to you. And he said, okay. He said, I, I explained to him what kind of powers he had and what kind of abilities he had and this, this mind, mind manipulation that he was skilled at. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I want to ask you a question. And he actually began to try to manipulate Grandpa with this question. He said, I want to ask you a question. He said, this, this power that I have. He said... Um, some people say that it's of God. And he said, I believe that it is just human power and that anybody can do it. He said, and these, some of these men that have brought me to church, they say it's of the devil. And he said, what do you say? And he had him, he had him in a corner. Because if he said it's of the devil, then he's just 
He's a fanatic like the rest of them. And if he says that it's, it's of, of, of human beings, then, well, then more people need to be like me. And if he said it's of God, then hallelujah. So it was, it was like a trick question. And Grandpa felt the manipulation coming at him. And so he stopped and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, let's do it this way. He said, if you will repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if it's still there, then it was of God. Brother Readout, didn't, he didn't expect that response, and so he said, all right, I'll try it. He went into repentance thinking he knew all about it, didn't know if he believed it. But when he walked into the splendor of repentance, into the glory of laying down your heavy burdens, into the splendor and the magnificent nature of, here, God, I can't do it on my own. Something changed in that man. He came out of that repentance saying, I want to be baptized in Jesus name and God filled it with the gift of the Holy Ghost Woo, hallelujah. you may not believe it right now but if you'll step into it I said if you'll step into it you'll be dancing more than anybody else in this place if you'll step into it we won't get you to stop talking in tongues if you step into it you'll never look back you'll understand it's real it's real and the half has never yet been told I wish I could tell you I wish I could say it the way it needs to be said of when you go down in the waters and every sin stain and every burden and every heavy load you've been carrying and that old man full of lust and pride and envy and rebellion and anguish and condemnation it just it falls off into the blood of Jesus and you rise to walk in newness of life I just don't know how else to say it I wish I could tell you what happens when you throw open your arms and you say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. You can quibble all you want. You can, you can fight all you want about whether you'll speak in tongues or not. But, 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 but you, you, you haven't been there. So when you step into that place, you're going to find you won't be able to stop talking in tongues. It's not going to be a question of, of do I have to. It's going to be a question of, of do I have to stop. I have, I have found the joy no tongue can tell how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great or flowing well springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. And so Jesus said, Jesus said to this generation of his, who were rejecting him at every turn. He said, you know what? There's coming a day when judgment will come. And when you stand in judgment, you know, you and I have always said we'll stand in judgment alone and nobody will be there with you. It's going to be you and God. No, there will be those who rise in judgment with you. And Jesus said the queen of Sheba will be one of them. And this is why. Because she came from the uttermost parts of the earth. 
to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And so for those who say, I just don't believe it, I just won't receive it, I reject it outright. You'll meet the Queen of Sheba one day. You will, you'll meet her. You'll meet her at the judgment seat of God. And she will explain, I was there too. I didn't believe. I, I didn't think it was something that was for me. But I came from what I was bound to and I left and I walked into what God had for me. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I want every person in this place that knows they have a testimony of his redeeming power. I'd like for you just to stand and praise him for that testimony right now. Go ahead. Just do it right now. Just go ahead and do it right now. If you remember the pit from whence you were dug. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, glory. Glory. Now, I, I want us to do something right now. I want us to do something right now. I want every broken heart that's in this place, if you're broken hearted or if you have something you are in desperate need of God to move in right now, you're in desperate need of God to move in your life. And you came to this service saying, God, I need something. I need it. I need it today. This is the day that I need it. I need you. I want you to just hold your peace for a moment. And then I want everybody else, I want you to lift up your voice and praise the Lord because I want those testimonies to minister to the broken hearted. I want those who are broken hearted, I want you to hear the redeemed of the Lord praise his name. Go ahead and do it right now. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and do it right now. Come on. Go ahead. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Yes. You know what those voices are saying? Those voices are saying that he's a healer. Those voices are saying that he is powerful. That he loves you. That he is with you. That he has compassion upon you. Come on, that's it, church. Let the testimonies rise. Let the testimonies rise. I want everybody who's ever been delivered from an addiction, I want you to praise him right now. Praise him right now. Hallelujah. I want everybody whose marriage has been put back together, I want you to praise him right now. Praise him. Worship him. I want somebody who's ever been healed in their heart of resentment and bitterness and anger. I want you to praise him right now. Praise him right now. Come on, I want somebody who's been healed in their body. I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to open up your mouth and tell it on the mountain. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's say it the best we can. We'll never be able to say it all. There's a half that can't be told. But let's say it the best we can. Lord, you are my God. You are my righteous redeemer. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, that's it. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The glory of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. I'm opening up these altars right now for people to come. Come on, I want somebody right now. Hallelujah. You need the real thing. You need the real experience. You need the glory of God to touch your life. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. I want somebody to come right now. Somebody lead the way. Somebody lead the way. Come on, that's it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, that's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. I'll never be able to say it as good as it needs to be said. I'll never be able to say it as good as it needs to be said. But if you step into the glory, there'll be a half open up to you that can't be articulated, that can't be expressed, that can't be explained. Come on, that's it. That's it. Bring your family. Bring your children. Come on, husband. Bring your wife. Step into the glory of the Lord. Step into the glory of the Lord. Step into the glory of the Lord. Ha. Please don't underestimate this moment. Please don't underestimate this moment. I know it sounds and seems like, well, it's the end of service and this is what we do at the end of No! A thousand times! No! I've seen it. I've seen lives totally transformed in this portion of an apostolic service. I've seen it. I've seen chains fall off. I've seen bodies healed and minds made whole. You may not believe me, but, but just come and see for yourself. Just come and see for yourself. Just come and see for yourself. She is falling, falling. Lift up your hands, receive it now. Here in the presence of the Lord. Mercy is for